What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 166, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Covenant. Covenant! There Not was covenants. Uh, no, there was no cov- there was no ants, and there wasn't any witches. No, I was a little disappointed, but Sorry. um, you know, hey, there was y- there was you know magic in that you know the yeah. Asgard technology is sufficiently advanced that it might as well be magic. That's true. That's true. And the hologram projection. Yes, you might be seeing this in a theme park ride in a few years. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's true. I'm not sure either. Anyway, hi friends. Uh, we're in. We're an inter- we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. We're an independent podcast, and uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that. Uh, if you go to our website at wtts.space, so the bottom right-hand corner, there is a little coffee cup icon where you can buy us a coffee, or three, or five, or ten, or whatever, or you could also sign up for what Buy Me a Coffee calls memberships, and you could be giving a uh, recurring monthly donation if you would wish. Uh, all the cashola is uh, being thrown at what we call the general fund. We do have a couple of wish list items on there if you want to kind of dive in and double check or not double check, but like see what we got on there. And if you want to throw some bucks that way, too, or instead of or whatever or not at all, all of these are valid choices. We thank everybody very much who has supported the show. Thank you so much for supporting us all this time, even when we were on the Patreons and now we're on the Buy Me a Coffees. Um, But uh, friends, you don't need to worry about uh, like any. super secret awesome stuff that you can't get to unless you donate to the show because everything that we do is on our main feed uh we still have a couple of things that we have to publish yet that uh we're on our patreon feed but haven't yet hit the main feed not many yet but there's a couple and um everything makes it to the main feed and if you have friends in your life who need more stargate content you can recommend our show to them and they can find us on google podcasts and apple podcasts and spotify podcasts and iHeartRadio podcasts and amazon podcasts and our website, uh, the player on our website, and they can do the right thing and get an aggregator and uh, download uh, the aggregator and t- type for walking through the Stargate and they can find us there and subscribe to our show and they will enjoy it and they will love it. And then they will write us and say, we love your show so much. See how it works. It's just going to be one big giant happy time. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. I'm finding new and better ways to get through the intro faster. We're now two minutes and two and a half into our show and i'm already pitching to you uh so if somebody wants to tell their friends about our show and their friend says i love this show so much how do i get a hold of them to let them know how much i love this show how might they how might they do that so if you are absolutely astounded that this introduction is only two and a half minutes or three minutes or whatever it is (laughs) and you need to tell us or if you are disappointed that our introduction is only two and a half minutes oh, and we yeah. need to expand that to five to seven to ten minutes, or whatever else. it is, you can tell us all of your thoughts by emailing us, like literally all of them. <laughs> by emailing, I mean, don't, I mean, I mean if, you, if, you, if you want, I guess you can, but <laughs> if you actually dump all of your thoughts into our email Ooh. box, then I probably am not going to oh, read all of them. I'm sorry. No, folks. I guarantee I won't, but uh, hey, you do you, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, or you can go to Facebook and join the Facebook group and follow the Facebook page and, and put on predictions and post memes and pictures and, and conversations and whatever you want there. Or you can go to the Discords and uh, join the Discords there, and we got different channels to talk about predictions and to talk about spoilery things and to talk yep. about non-Stargate things. I and mean, We had a conversation uh, about eggs 
and chickens the other day. It yep. was silly and glorious. Yeah, and it turned into a conversation about um, escargot and steak tartare. Uh, it, so, you know, it, it gets... It's it's real there. It's it's normal. It's normal people like us or yep. abnormal people like us. I don't know. Yeah, whatever yep. it is, uh, people like us just having conversation, uh, enjoying each other's company. You can do that on the discords. If you are not on the discords yet, then you can go and download the Discord app and sign in. Blah blah blah. All of that stuff, blah, blah, and blah. then go to our website, which is wtts.space. Space. And then you can click on the link of the discords there, and that will take you to our channel there and have all of the funds there. Yes. So, whew, less than five minutes, and we're ready to go Look talk about the background stuff for this episode. This is amazing, I mean, Brent. We are tight. I, I tell you what, like, you get an episode. I don't know where I was going with this one. You get an episode like this one, and it keeps the intro small? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yes. You want to talk about uh, some background facts? All right. So this is Covenant. Uh, The director for Covenant is Martin Wood. Uh Uh-huh. And this is his second of two directing credits this season for SG-1. Yep. Um, We, you know, in in seasons past, he was like seven or eight episodes directing. Uh, He's definitely splitting his time between SG-1 and Atlantis and spending much more time over at Atlantis. So he only has two directing credits this season for... Yep. Uh, SG-1, this is the second one of those. The story for this is by Ron Wilkerson. We've heard that name before. Uh, but this is his only writing credit this season for SG-1 and okay. his last Stargate credit. Okay. All so right. uh, we uh, say goodbye to Ron Wilkerson as a story. Uh, the teleplay was by Ron and by Robert C. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And as for Ro- Robert Cooper... This is his third of six writing credits this season, uh, and I think I said this in earlier episodes with him. He's got several story credits and excerpts and weird things like that all over the place. And so, if it, that third of of six, if that of six changes from one episode to another, <laughs> it's because I can't remember how I counted it in the past. And but anyway, um, right now it's of six. Yes, <laughs> three three of six. Three of six. Yes. Uh, he uh, wrote the teleplay for New Order Part Two, which is the uh, opener of the season and zero hour a couple episodes later. Yeah. We have several I, guest actors to talk about. I did notice before you get to the guest actors that the supervising producer, I think, was Damien Kindler. Well, there you go. I, I just noticed. Supervising I was just like, producer. Oh, yeah. So not only is he writing stories that sometimes work, uh, he's also uh, supervising. And, you know, I mean, he's I don't know all the details of of writing for television shows. Right. Um, and while in this case, um, Cooper and Wilkerson got the credit for this. Right. Um, most of these episodes are actually written by a team of writers. Yeah, right. 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 And, and yeah. so uh, Kindler mm. is part of that team. Brad Wright is part of that team, obviously. Yeah. Cooper and Wilkerson, um, David Louise, David yeah. uh, Peter Peter De Louise, Peter De Louise. Um, and so on and so forth. Yep. So uh, there you go. Uh, guest actors. The first yes. one I want to mention is Kendall Cross. Uh, she plays Julia Donovan. Yep. We actually saw her before. Did yes. You? Uh, she was in the episode Prometheus. Yes. Um, in the sixth season, and so we say hello to her again, which makes a lot of sense given where that episode was, where she kind of had this 
exclusive, when this goes public, I get the scoop type of thing. Yep. And now yep. it's threatening to go public, and so she has to be there. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Um, we say hello to Charles Shaughnessy, who mm-hmm. plays Alec uh, Coulson. Yep. Um, and I have a mini biography for Charles by John Saxtetter. Saxtetter. Okay. All right. Here we go. Charles was born into a show business family. His father, Alfred Shaughnessy, was the principal writer for the popular London weekend television slash ITV series Upstairs, Downstairs. And his mother, Jean Lodge, was an actress. He started appearing in plays during school. He attended Eton College and read law at uh, Magdalen College Uh in Cambridge. While at Cambridge, he joined Footlights, a comedy review... After graduating, he decided to return to acting and enrolled in a London drama school, which led to him uh, touring in a repertory company, mm-hmm. eventually moving to America to follow the actress he later married. He got his big break on The Nanny in 1993. Yep. yep. Um, interestingly, uh, if you maybe it's interesting, he became the fifth Baron Shaughnessy in December of 2007. Upon the death of his second cousin. The heir presumptive to this title is now his brother, David Shaughnessy. Uh, The first baron was his great-grandfather, Thomas George Shaughnessy, the president of the Canadian Pacific Railway. Aha, okay. uh, He also starred in the Broadway musical Urinetown. His his great-grandfather was literally a railroad baron? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, so, so he was in the Broadway musical You're in Town. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, which is a delightful show that uh, I, I would love to actually see on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as mentioned before, he kind of got his big break and was a uh, was a major character in The Nanny from '93 to 1999. Uh, many critics and reviewers believed that his British accent was fake and uh-huh. commented that he should take advice from Daniel Davis to improve his accent. However, uh, you know, Charles is actually British, and yes. so his accent is his own actual British accent. Yes. And yes. the person that they asked him to take advice from, Daniel Davis, is really just an American who does a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are so confident. Oh, yeah. People are so confident. Yes. Uh, so Charles's first IMDb credit came in 1983 in the mm-hmm. TV series Jury. He played the character of Julian Spears in 13 episodes of that series. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we have Tom O'Brien, who plays Brian Vogler. This is yep. uh, the friend. Yep. Uh, I also have a mini biography for him, but this one is for by at info at irreverentmedia.com. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. So this is the uh, <laughs> bio for Tom O'Brien. Born in Burbank, California, Tom O'Brien began his acting career in 1983 at San Francisco's American Conservatory Theater as a student of the conservatory and member of the acting company. His stage debut was Marsha Norman's The Holdup. Other stage credits include 
Mass Appeal, A Midsummer Night's Dream as Puck, The Sleeping Prince uh, with Annette Benning, 1918, The Lower Depths, and De Caravaggio with Manhattan Class Company in New York, with the Manhattan Class Company in New York. Feature credits include The Astronaut's Wife, The Big Easy, The Accused, Flashback, Facade, and Physical Evidence. All of those were from the 1980s and 90s. Yep. So I bet this is okay. probably pretty old. Yes. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, television credits include The Beltway for USA Network with Charles S. Dutton and a recurring role on WB's Smallville as journalist Roger Nixon. Guest mm-hmm. star turns include Stargate SG-1, The Dead Zone, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, The... X-Files, JAG, uh, Men, Strange World, the pilot, uh, NYPD Blue, Philly, Dark Skies, Early Edition, L.A. Law, Time Cop, The Strip, (laughs) and 30-something. Aha. Okay. Uh, TV films include the ABC miniseries Son of the Morning Star, NBC's Baby Brokers, CBS's Love and Lies, and Lifetime's Storm and Sorrow. Okay. As a producer, O'Brien founded both Irreverent Media Limited. Ah, okay. Uh, there you go. In there Vancouver, British Columbia, and Fractious Tribes Productions. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. IMLs, that's Irreverent Media Limited. Uh, IMLs feature projects include the magical romantic comedy Best Restaurant. FTPs, that's Fractious Tribe Productions, projects include the thriller Sleep Talkers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Projects in development include the sci-fi fantasy feature Gone Green and the television miniseries Coordinates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I suspect that those aren't in development anymore, but Uh, that's just... Probably not. Uh, In 2007, O'Brien co-founded Lasting Footprint Arts Foundation, LFAF, which develops arts-related strategic initiatives. In 2008, O'Brien co-founded Whole World Fund, W2F, mm-hmm. a nonprofit corporation which finances feature film entertainment and directs a portion of profits to benevolent organizations associated with the central themes of the stories. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Oof, there you go. There it is. Um... O'Brien's first IMDb credit came in 1984 and 85 in the TV series Call to Glory when he played Patrick Thomas in a whopping 23 episodes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. And then we have Ingrid Torrance, who plays the staffer. She doesn't actually yes. get a name. Unnamed. Unnamed staffer. Yep. Uh, but... She wrote her own mini bio, and it is okay. only fitting that I read it. Okay. So, Ingrid Torrance, actor, coach, producer, director, and author, has appeared in numerous movies and television series since 1994. She has also been an acting teacher since 1995 and an on set and off set coach since 1998. Ingrid has worked on such shows as Once Upon a Time, The Killing, Fringe, The Good Wife, and Blade the Series. She has appeared in such films as Double Jeopardy, Act of War, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, 
the, Al the Auburn Hills Breakdown and Driven to Kill. Ingrid has been nominated for a Leo Award as Best Actress and was featured in Entertainment Weekly as a breakout actress. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, she shares my birthday. Oh, hey. Uh, I mean, she's a nice. few years older than me, but her birthday is the same as mine. So for those of you who know, now you know more. Now you know. Uh, her first IMDb came, her IMDb credit came in 1994 in the TV series Robin's Hoods. <laughs> when she plays Marissa Chaplin in the episode Hell Hath No Fury. Okay. There you go. And then I, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about him, but I do want to mention that Chris Shields plays Captain Mike Sheffield uh, of the Alpha Site. That's right. Yep. So the original air date for Covenant was August 27, 2004. Number one on the charts in the U.S., we were still listening to Lean Back by Terror Squad. Lean back and lean back. Lean back. Lean back. All right, lean. I will lean back. Yep. <clears throat> Get nice and comfy. Back. There you it's go. Me he's leaning back away from the leaning, microphone. He, he's leaning back. This is now me leaning forward toward the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in the UK, <laughs> they were listening to These Words by Natasha Bedingfield. Okay. And so are we. We are now listening to these words by Natasha Bedingfield. Right. So, you know, these are the words that we are listening to. <laughs> yep. And you are listening to the words that we're... These are the words that you are listening to because we're talking and you're listening. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, in the box office, as we listen to these words... Yes. Hero is number one. Uh-huh. Uh, incidentally, this is uh, the... Uh, because this is the first Chinese language film to go to number one in the U.S. box office. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, and heroes need villains, and villains can be found in Anaconda's *The Hunt for the Black Orchid*. Because <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, if you are hunting for anacondas or the black olives, black orchids with uh, anacondas, <laughs> what? I can't talk. <laughs> I would rather I would rather that we hunt for black olives. That would be better. <laughs> Fair enough. But you're you're in the water and you don't want to be in the water without a paddle. Oh, hey, nice. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Um yep. and, and then number four is the Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Uh, yeah. I don't have any idea how to connect that to what I was, other than, <laughs> you know, royal engagements and princesses and, and such. I hope that engagement doesn't have anything to do with an exorcist. Because no. the beginning, exorcist, the beginning, that that would be bad. That would that would, that would make for a downer. That would time. be, you know, uh, uh, unless it's successful, you know. Sure, but you still had a reason. Well, I mean, it depends on when you caught the ex. I mean, you know, I mean, if you realize it before the the thing that you're exercising, um, you know, you're just putting it on a leash and you know, running it around the block, oh. the giving it some exercise. <laughs> And this is the beginning of it, so you know they only get like halfway down the block because you know. Isn't they that can't like? Uh, isn't that what they did in Ghostbusters? Didn't they put the doggy thing, dog demons on, on leashes or something? It didn't work. Uh, well, I think they had a leash for Slimer, maybe. They have a leash for Slimer. Maybe Whatever. I don't it's been a little while since I've seen that movie. I mean, they they in, in the first Ghostbusters, they they did have those dogs. Yeah. That that uh, uh, um, Sigourney Weaver First out of and. The, um, yeah. Him, uh, what's his name? Who are you talking about? The 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 the, the accountant. 
Oh, well, I mean... Uh, Richard um, Moranis, thank you. Yeah, there Richard is. Moranis played it, but I can't remember the character's name. No, I was looking for the actor's name. Oh, Rick Moranis. You know, they both turned into dogs. Um, yes, uh, that's right. Lewis is the name of his character. <laughs> and, and Dana is her character. <laughs> there you go. Are you the Are you the key holder? <laughs> are you the key master? No. Key master, that's it. Keymaster. Zool. Oh my gosh. Boy, I need to watch that movie again. Are you a god? (laughs) When somebody asks you if you're a god, you you say say yes! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, what was happening at this time? Uh, as we mentioned in the past, this is the time of the 28th Olympic Games in Athens, Greece, and so all sorts of stuff was happening uh, with the Olympic Games, uh, cluttering up my feed of what happened on this day because uh-huh. it was all about that. And I don't need to. So and so threw a threw a big piece of metal, far. and somebody swam really fast, and somebody ran and, really fast, and and somebody and, jumped really far, and, and 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 this one team did really well in this one thing, being the first ever to do the thing. <laughs> Since the last time. Since the and last time. The, well, no, but well, this, this is the first time that anybody from this place ever did the thing. And you're like, I, I can't stand it when I'm watching sport. They're like, they're always trying to make every moment meaningful. Uh, this yeah. is the last time that somebody has attempted a 49 yard field goal with the wind coming out of the West at 17 miles an hour on a Thursday since 2020. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty common then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then they they add enough uh, uh, qualifiers, and like this is the first person ever to do this with this kind of thing on this yes. type of thing with this yes. kind of track level. You yes. Know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so on August twenty four, uh, just a few days before this episode aired, uh, eighty nine passengers die after two airliners mm. explode. After flying out of Domodedovo International Airport near Moscow. Wow. Uh, The explosions were caused by suicide bombers, uh, reportedly female suicide bombers from the Russian Republic of Chechnya. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. All that stuff going on with Chechnya. We're still dealing with that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, and on August 31, Barbara Pierce Bush, the daughter of George W. Bush, gives a speech at the Republican convention. Uh, okay. I sure. don't know what she said, but she I talked. I don't remember either. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, I have some trivia for this episode. Yes. Um, one, the logo for Colson Industries is a... Uh, variation of the Sci-Fi Channel's logo of the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, they, yeah. they kind of rotate it a little bit and stretch it out a little bit to kind of yeah. give it that thing. But, uh, you know, hey, it works. It worked. Uh, and Colson Industries' set is actually a redress of the Atlantis set. Oh. Yeah, okay. I can kind of see it now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and apparently that was also used for Blade Trinity. Oh, <laughs> so there you go. I don't know if I've seen Blade Trinity. I think I might have. Maybe uh, on television. Uh, I know I have seen Blade Trinity, um, but uh, it's been a long time. Uh, now, at the very beginning, 
Coulson gets in front of the media and he says, over 2,000 service members died in the attack on the USS Nimitz carrier strike group, right? Right. Um, either that, that uh, attack was not near as bad as we thought it was, or he was seriously underestimating what was going on there. Because the Nimitz-class aircraft carrier alone has a crew of approximately 5,000 people. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't just that ship. It was several other ships around the Nimitz that got yeah. destroyed. So, yeah. you know, if, if we lost all hands, yeah. we're looking at well over 7,000 or more yeah. uh, type of things. So, um, so he's not wrong. He's just, there's more to it. Yes, that's right. Uh, and originally, Covenant was supposed to air before Affinity. So oh, okay. Covenant was supposed to kind of introduce the trust. Um, and I couldn't talk about this last time when we were talking about Affinity, but uh, um, the first time we hear the name, the trust, is yeah. when Daniel is in uh, the the van. And he's like, so uh, you're XNID, you're calling yourselves the trust now. Right. Well, you know, well, we were supposed to have learned about the trust in this episode. Or this is originally what the idea was. Gotcha. And then that happened. And I don't know what happened to have them spin that around, but in this episode, um, when Coulson and Carter are talking uh, around the Stargate after they did the joyride and whatnot, uh, she talks about the trust and kind of tells them a little bit about that. That scene was added after they had to switch the order of things around. Huh. So, there you go. Interesting. But now then... um are the trust not the same suits in the room from a couple seasons ago? Uh, like the, the business people who seem oh, to be so like when, the, the ones who were uh, framing Kinsey frame, frame or, were working with Kinsey and framed yeah. uh, O'Neill. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's who it, I took the trust to be. That's, that's what I, when, when Daniel in the van said, you guys are calling yourself the trust. I immediately thought to myself, Oh, that's the name of that group of, of big wigs around the table. Yeah, I mean, that particular group of bigwigs did get uh, caught, right? Sure, but that something something alluded to them getting their ranks refilled or something. I can't oh, remember you know, what it was. Certainly, I mean, th- this is, um, you know, I, I, they are certainly related because in this episode, right, we hear uh, Carter talking about um, former Vice people. President Kinsey yeah. being involved with these people. And, right, right, right. And, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's not like... I don't think we'd ever heard the word, the name, the trust until then, but we've certainly right. seen people who act in this capacity in the past. Yes. So, gotcha. There you go. Um, this episode, Covenant, in, uh, in French, is called To the World to See. Okay, okay. Uh, the Italians call it Alliance. The Spanish yeah. called it Covenant. The Czech okay. call it Covenant. The yeah. Hungarians call it Agreement, which, to be fair, a Covenant is kind of an agreement. Yeah. And the Germans call it Colson. <laughs> this is the one where we talk about Colson. <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. Nice. Are you ready for the synopsis, Brent? Yes. Let's dive into this. Here we go. After seven and a half years of crazy interstellar exploits, new technologies based on alien tech, space battles over oceans and icebergs, more and more people are beginning to learn the truth. 
Alec Coulson, a wealthy aerospace entrepreneur and engineer, claims to be one of those people. He has evidence that we have been visited by extraterrestrials, and he is giving the governments of the world who know about it 24 hours to come clean, or he will do it for them. Carter and Jackson are sent by General O'Neill to talk to Coulson. Their mission? Get him to back off and not reveal all this stuff to the world without acknowledging that any of this stuff actually exists. Good luck with that. In Coulson's office, our heroes see some of the evidence. Pictures of Anubis' mothership. Prometheus, I assume that's one of ours. And various other images from the season 7 finale. Carter suggests that pictures like that can be easily faked. Or made to look fake, says Coulson. Coulson refuses to back down. Also, Coulson's friend and business partner, Brian Vogler, seems to be really anxious about this whole process, and he warns his friend that this truth-is-out-there stuff is going to tank their stock prices, and their stock prices is the only thing keeping their company afloat. But Coulson doesn't seem to listen. He is singularly focused on revealing the truth to the people. Suffice it to say, the U.S. government, nor any other government that knows about what's going on, doesn't come clean. And so, 24 hours after his first press conference, Coulson reveals his evidence to the people. With the cameras aimed at the door, Coulson's people escort an Asgard into the room! What? And everyone goes nuts! Our heroes reveal more information about what's going on. Coulson Industries and its subsidiaries hold many government contracts, and have helped develop lots of alien technology, such as stuff for the F-302 and more. Uh, He was also given some Asgard DNA to examine some of it uh, to try to, you know, explore some of the cloning problems. Can they fix it? You know, if the Asgard can't fix it, maybe our dumb human brains can fix it. Uh, Of course, the curiosity of Coulson took control, and he created a clone of the DNA, and he wasn't supposed to, but he did. And now he has this Asgard clone body running around. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of doesn't have any like uh, uh, Asgard personality in there. So it's just kind of a blank slate. Tabula rasa, if you will. A tabula rasa. Now, O'Neill decides that it's time to call in a marker. And so Thor arrives to help the team deal with this problem. Step one, beam all of the information that Coulson has about the clone away. Step two, Carter holds her own press conference with Julia Donovan, where she shows the world some advanced holographic technologies that she uses to discredit Coulson. All of it was true. Every word she said was true. All of it was true. true. You know, I just want to point out that if we had been, you know, visited by aliens, we would know about it. Yep. Uh, Shortly after step two, someone tries to kill Coulson and Vogler by crashing their plane. Fortunately, they are unharmed and nobody dies, but Volger is especially shaken by this process. Step three, take Coulson through the Stargate to the Alpha site and show him what they are trying to keep secret uh, to try to keep, to try to change his mind. Carter and Coulson fly in F-302, but none of this changes Coulson's belief that the people deserve to know. When they return to Earth, however, They learn some news. Coulson and Vogler are now being investigated for securities fraud. Uh Uh-oh. We learn that the trust is bad. That they got to to Vogler and 
that things are are bad, right? <laughs> yes. The finances <clears throat> for Colson Industries were super sus, uh-huh, uh-huh. and Colson and Carter now convince Volger to uh, Vogler to wear a wire and attempt to entrap the members of the trust. But Vogler is ultimately way too scared, and he hangs himself. Ah, uh, no good. Not so good. Uh, Colson is really distraught, and he's thinking about doing something similar. Everything has collapsed around him and his company. It's his best friend is dead. Carter visits him. Now, fortunately, the government has stepped in to provide sufficient support for Colson Industries so that the employees won't be totally screwed by this turn of events. However, Colson is still facing prison and potential assassination by the trust, and it's not so good. But Carter offers him a solution. He can disappear. He can go into hiding. Not on Earth. No. No, because you can't hide on Earth when you're somebody like Coulson. But they have access to another planet. Ooh. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Covenant. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Um, this had a lot going on, and for something that had a lot going on, I found it kind of boring. Okay. And I don't really know why. I think it's because the story wasn't I, I got a feeling that the story wasn't all that captivating because I exist in 2023, not 2004. And the story of a billionaire aerospace person who thinks he knows better than everybody else trying <laughs> trying to force the whole world to see his point of view just didn't really I wasn't charmed at all. <laughs> like at all. <clears throat> and so are you um, saying that your personal dislike of certain uh, billionaires in the modern era are uh, shaping your perception of this particular episode? Yes. Yes, I am saying that. But um, oh, OK, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm I just, just wanted to be clear. I, I, I'm nothing. I'm nothing if not genuine about how I how I perceive things and how, you know, so I'm not exactly saying that everybody should agree with me on this one. I'm just acknowledging like, no, I mean, like. You know, let me fast forward to the very end. Coulson is like an ally slash like demi hero who's going to live to fight another day type of a thing. Um, You know, midway through the episode, we had Carter talking about would it be great if we had somebody with his resources on our side. He was set up to be a um, a heroic character in a manner, or at least an an ally to the heroes. But um, I got a little distracted with. The, the setup. I also was, I, I just kept getting distracted over and again with Colton's optimism about humanity. Um, you know, oh, they're going to be fine. People will see this and they'll come together and they'll put aside their petty differences and hug each other and say nice things to each other. No, I have developed quite a, quite a different view of humankind over the past several years. Um, uh, Are you I think saying would- that you're pessimistic? Uh, you know what I learned the other day? <clears throat> I swear this is related, barely. That um, that optimism and pessimism, uh, the definitions that we have in our popular culture are a bit misguided. Um, that optimists in the philosopher sense were individuals who argued that we live in the best of all worlds. There is no world better than what we currently live in. And the pessimists were people who were like, mm, no, and here's why. And they would list a bunch of reasons. But no, almost none of them were 
fatalists. Almost all of them were, no, that's not true. Here are abundant examples about why this world is not the best of all worlds, and let's do something about it. So I thought that was interesting about how, you know, being pessimistic is not necessarily being a downer. It's being what we would what we would colloquially call now a realist. Anyway, bringing it back. Pessimism. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, I definitely didn't ha- don't have as rosy of a view on humanity as as Coulson does in this particular episode. So that also was kind of tainting things a bit. And then he was acting kind of weird, like to put in the 302 in a nosedive. Right. Forcing forcing Sam to take the controls again in order to just barely avoid like augering it into the ground. That just seemed like what? 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 What, what just happened? And irresponsible. Very cavalier. Yeah. Cavalier to the point of. Um, you know, to, to almost to the root of the definition of chevalier, like you know, bad. Um, yes, friends, those horsey men, they were they were no good men. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, that was another tangent. Anyway, so like the the tangent is a different episode. We're talking about covenant, not oh, tangent. Oh, but that one was also about sp- flying the flying the three hundred two, wasn't it? Well, that the, was the X three hundred one. Oh, I'm sorry, I was close. Anyway, so bringing it back to this episode. Yeah, so there was a lot going on. There's a ton going on here, right? We got the introduction of a whole new ally thing in Coulson Industries. The um, almost leak of the Asgard, sort of. I mean, this is just another little green man problem, um, you know, in the long tradition of, of, of such media. Except in this case, there's a whole lot of cameras there. And I guess a convenient explanation as to, like, how that all happened with the holographic technology. You know what I mean? Like there, there, there's, there's, there's a lot happening here. Um, the world is yet again closer to knowing everything, but somehow, somehow they don't. And I thought that that cat had been out of the bag, right? Like I, I, I thought with the attack on Earth, like it would be common knowledge that this had occurred, but I guess not. Um, and, uh, we have. Maybe the reason why I'm halfway bored with this one is that, like, as I'm thinking about it, this story wasn't about our characters at all. Um, they were around and they were involved. But as the Germans say, this story was about Coulson. <laughs> and, um, and the trust, sort of, in, the, in, the, in a very shadowy kind of way. And as a result, like, I didn't. So like when uh, when Vogler at the end was was, you know, admitting to, you know, cooking the books, um, you know, and getting grilled about it. Right. The, that long that long pause just then was also me realizing that the shots that they were using at that time, there was it was all extreme close ups, wasn't it? It was just it was just it was just cut back and forth. Uh, but anyway, right up in their faces. Um, <clears throat> it, it didn't seem to hold any pathos for me. <laughs> like I was like, mm, I mean, OK. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, we get the bad news that he, that he hanged himself. And, and I was, and I was just kind of like, I mean, uh, that's, that's, it's not good, but who, who is this guy? Um, I didn't feel like there was a connection to him. And Mm. yeah, even though they tried to make a connection, it was just, I did, it just didn't click. And, you know, when, uh, Coulson's sitting there on his couch with his pistol, uh, I mean, it almost felt melodramatic, uh, such that it was, it was like, you know, like, I didn't feel any urgency. I didn't feel any threat. And so 
as a result, the the story just kind of just moved. It just it just went from A to B to C, but I didn't feel like it was moving. It was like I was on a big boat. And if you've ever been on a big boat, you can't tell sometimes that it's actually doing anything. <laughs> and that's kind of <laughs> how it felt. You could tell it was moving. You're clearly in another spot. But can you feel it move? Nah. Maybe it's better said. Maybe it's like the 302. It handles like a, whatever he said, an F-22A, but it feels like a 737 or 47. Um, That's the internal dampeners. Uh, This story was trying to say things, but I couldn't really connect with a whole lot of it. So here I am. I've got a decent amount of information. Colson Industries exists. They tried to, you know, one up the world's governments by uh, releasing the evidence of the alien invasion. Uh, they failed somehow. Um, Coulson is yet a good guy somehow. He's on the Alpha site, presumably. Living to fight another day. I guess he's going to help us with some uh, some technologies, perhaps. Um, and the trust is out there trying to usurp the ability of the United States and other world governments from uh, governing. <laughs> Business <laughs> is trying to do its best to uh, get in the way of governance, which is designed to keep it from doing what it wants to do. And uh, they're going to do it themselves, you see. They're going to privatize. <laughs> they're going to privatize the Stargate. And they're going to do it better for less money right now. Um, yeah, so I, my synopsis or my um, review right now is kind of all over the place. Partly because I felt like the story was a little bit just jumbled. It technically fit together. We've talked about this before. There were all the, right. uh, the all the ingredients of a cake, but somehow a cake wasn't made. It just we got. I don't know if we failed to bake it, or maybe we didn't mix it, or I don't know what we didn't do. But like, it's not a cake. wasn't 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 really good. So that's broadly where I'm at with that one. What about you? What do you think? So, um, I I think I agree with you in general. Yeah, I think what's happening here is uh, you, you kind of you you pinpointed it when you said this this wasn't a story about our heroes, right? This was a story in which our heroes participated, right? Um, the the story really was about Coulson. It was about the trust. It was about uh, expanding the the things that are happening on Earth that affect the SGC, right? Um, that's what the story was about. And, uh, we didn't really have a plot per se, right? We didn't have a trajectory plot, right? We we had things that happened. Yes. And, and we went from A to B to C to D and it all tied together nicely, but, but we weren't driving to point D so that we could wrap things up at E. Right, right. We were just kind of moving through things and then... When we finished it, it stopped. Right. Um, and uh, to me, this feels like early serialization that didn't quite work. Mm. Yeah. Right. And we've talked about this, right? Like SG-1 is predominantly an episodic show. Yeah. Where they predominantly wrap everything up after 43 minutes, and then they move on to whatever is next. Uh, but they also uh, are beginning a process that we see in television that uh, uh, see exploited uh, really well in other shows at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following this, 
of of uh, really truly serialized shows where you don't have really uh, twenty or fifteen or thirteen or whatever the number is discrete episodes. You have one discrete episode that has different chapters, right? And this is an episode that feels like it's trying to do that. It's trying to be a chapter. Yep. Um, and while I appreciate the attempt, and I don't think anything like they didn't fail at anything here, right? right? It's not like right. it's not like they made a misstep. No, I don't think. Um. But it also is not, uh, for me, near as engaging as, as other episodes have been. Right. Um, so it just kind of is here. Uh, I think it's a good episode to have, right? And, and it tells it well. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to put yourself in a 2004 mindset. Right. Um, right, because, you know, Colson is this billionaire uh, who is supposed to be uh a, a a good guy he's supposed to be a good guy right um yep and and he's depicted as a good guy yeah right uh perhaps a little naive um but uh um but he's also supposed to be a visionary and you know a a thinker that he thinks thoughts and he thinks big things and and sometimes he he loses sight of what's on the ground, um, and that's just you know character issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a problem with that because that's just the character. You know, I mean that's who he is. Mm-hmm. You can say whether or not those are good character aspects to have, but you know, I mean they are what they are. Um, you know, I am who I am, and and that's just just who I am. I. Mm-hmm. I there are good things and there are bad things, and it's just it's a mix of it, and and so you get that in this character, but uh, uh, it just just kind of sits there and moves. It just sits there, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I would agree that that you know I I felt I felt bad that uh, that vulgar uh, Vogler, uh, so you know I mean I felt bad, but I also didn't feel um, distraught. Right. Um, you know, I just uh, watched an, an older movie, well, older relatively. Um, it, it's it's not a new movie called The Reader. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm, I don't think so. Um, it's it's actually a movie that's worthwhile. It's um, it's not for children. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, definitely not for children. Don't have your children watch this. Do movie. not watch it with children. Um, but. Uh, uh, there were things that happened in that movie that uh, were were really emotionally punch punching, right? You know, yeah. and and you see this happen, and you're like, "Oh no, 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 no! Oh man!" Yeah, and it, and and you and you, they they hit you in the feels. Um, this uh, this didn't really hit me in the feels. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like uh when. When when the final scene, you had uh, Coulson and Carter talking in in that lounge, uh, and and he's got that gun and he's kind of playing with the gun and he's kind of swinging around. He's thinking about what he wants to do with it, mm-hmm. and Carter's like, "Can we just put the gun down, yeah, please?" Yeah, yeah, uh, You know, <laughs> um, my understanding from the commentary is that that had a lot to do with um, Shaughnessy and 
and tapping, kind of working through things. Mm. That that he was in that spot, and and the gun was just supposed to be there, but he wanted to kind of have that and and kind of play with it and move with it. And obviously, tapping is like, dude, if he's like swinging that gun around, I need to comment about it, right? And yes, and it actually worked well. I thought that oh, yeah. that yeah, that was a, uh, you know, that was a good scene. I don't know. Um, we learn more, a, a little bit more about the trust. They're, they're real. They're a problem. Yep. Um, they have influence over major tech companies that have major government contracts. Right. Um, this is problematic. Yep. Um, but we didn't actually see any members of the trust in this episode. We didn't engage them in any way. So they just kind of are sitting there in the shadows. Um, so, you know, this episode ratchets up the tension of, of the series or the season or whatever we want to call it, but we don't, I didn't feel much of that tension in this episode. Right. Right. It's like, by definition, we are told that the tension is now at a level three, whereas before it was a level one and a half. And, but instead of feeling like it's actually been ratcheted, we're told it's been ratcheted. And, 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 you know, I mean, if I take this episode at face value, you know, and, I mean, we actually see Vogler from the very beginning. He's, he's apprehensive. He's nervous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's revealed that he is a, a turncoat. Like, he was the one that, that revealed uh, the cooked books to the trust. Right. Uh, now, he was doing that for, you know, he's basically being um, blackmailed. Right. Um, for that, you know, so it's not like he wasn't, but anyway, you know, we, we knew all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, like the, the tension of the reality of the, the, the trust being bad, um, is real. Um, but it's like, uh, th- this, this is terrible, but, uh, you know, the last week we've had several more mass shootings yes. in the United States. Right. One of them in Iowa. Yeah. Not terribly far from where I live. Mm-hmm. And my body, my mind, wants to just rail at that. Right. But there's just a part of me that says, you know, I know this is bad, and I know this is just ex- an example of how bad this is and that it's moving up, but it's happened enough times that it, it, it doesn't hit as hard in the feels as it should. Yeah. Um. And, you know, in terms of how it hit in the feels, that's how this episode ep- did for me. You know, I mean, it just sort of, like, I recognize that it's supposed to be bad. And it is. Yes. And it also doesn't hit me in the feels as much as it should. <clears throat> I think one of, as we're talking about it, I wonder if part of the reason is because this story is not about our heroes, but it's about people that we can't relate to. Um, it's about a person in 2004, whose net worth is $60 billion and his childhood friend who undoubtedly is also worth probably many hundreds of millions himself. Um, and so right there, there's a disconnect and, <clears throat> and the person who's worth $60 billion is also a pilot, uh, you know, with, you know, with a, you know, with a, with a flamboyant style. And again, that's something we can't really relate to. And, Instead of having a character in that world that we can relate to in order for us by proxy to feel like the 
uh, plates of these characters or something that are that 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 we could connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just shown as is. It's just it's just here's a you know here's a, here's a billionaire and here's and here's his lieutenant running a business um, and stressing about shareholder prices. I, I don't stress about shareholder prices, right? Like, right. like um, that's not something that keeps me up at night. Um, uh, you know, there was, there was a kind of a brief mention of, you know, like what about the lives of all the people who work here? But, you know, in both cases that it was brought up, it was like, it was it was it was said even on the, on the face of it as too little too late you know why weren't you thinking about these people three days ago or whatever it was you know right um, yeah you know like and so in that regard like these people these these people who are being afflicted by this thing um I don't feel connected to and yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, you know I think that a fair criticism or critique back at that statement I just made is to acknowledge that I am on record as thinking that billionaires are trash so there we go um. Right. So, you know, a person would be would be uh, not um, they wouldn't be wrong to criticize me on trying to feel connected to these characters because of a bias that I have. They would be right. Uh, But that bias, even notwithstanding. The experience of people is not that right. We don't own companies. We're not running companies worth that much doing that much it's not it we just it can't connect with it so you know like like you know let me take all these you know let me let me take my 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 wad of hundred dollar bills and dab my eyes of its tears even though that's harsh <laughs> but it's it's like yeah okay so it already had kind of an uphill climb right there and then and then the story just didn't introduce a character who could function as the intermediary which could be done you know like uh staffer you know, who knows? Who knows if Staffer has been there for very long? Maybe Staffer's the every per- everyday person that we could connect with, you know, but she didn't even have a name. Um, she did not. But it didn't. It wasn't there. And so and so, yeah, you know, as a result, it's just it's just it's just exposition. It's just, um, you know, here's the thing that you need to know. There's this group called the trust full of business people who think that the U.S. government have abdicated their duty of protecting the United States people and its and the world by by being uh by being willy-nilly with a piece of technology la 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 and we're gonna do something about it through manipulation and driving people to hang themselves in their bathrooms and trying to assassinate individuals through mechanical failures on their aircraft um and so like it just so not only was the protagonist in this thing not somebody I could relate to, but also the antagonist was somebody that I couldn't relate to either. So and neither. So it's just like now it's just like you know now it's like watching like you know Greek gods battle it out in the skies. It's just like I don't know. <laughs> is this gonna do anything? Is this gonna? Is it, does this mean it's gonna rain? I don't know what's going on here. Uh, so yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, you were saying it. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with this episode uh to keep going with my metaphor of cake we they bought a bunch of good ingredients the ingredients are fine the ingredients are good um but i don't know if they just didn't mix it or if they didn't bake it or what they didn't do but we don't have a cake right now so i i would uh um say it a little bit different i think they baked a cake yeah but they they got the premium in ingredients and you know, they put them all together, but uh, they're not a, you know, it, it just, 
it was a cake. It, it, it was fine. It was, it was you know, it, it was there. I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't fail to make a cake. Yeah. Um, but it also wasn't a cake that, you know, you don't write home about this cake. You know, this, this a, is just a dull, boring, run of the mill chocolate cake that it, is not interesting. It, it, it's, you know, you, you look at everything that should be in there and is in there and you're like, you know what, this, this should be a really good cake. Mm-hmm. And you taste it and you're like, you know what, this is a really fine cake. I, I, I could have gone to Walmart and picked up a nice cake there <laughs> for a lot less yeah. and it would have been just as good as this. It would have been just as good as this one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's a shame, especially because after these many seasons, I mean, you can't win them all, but on the other hand, like, eh, I should ease up a little bit. I mean, come on, trying to come up with 20-something stories per season, and you're in your seventh season, I can, I can imagine how sometimes you're like, okay, 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 we got to tell this important part of the story. <clears throat> this is going to set up things down the road. How do we do it? <laughs> and everyone's sitting around the table just out of gas. Going, uh, how about he threatens to reveal the Asgard because he got a hold of some cells because he owns a big company that has government contracts, right? You know, it, it might be one of those things where, like, like the story might have been literally them, the pitch, as they were on the couches trying to figure out how they were going to get this story, <laughs> how they're going to get the, me- the meta story to the spot where the trust exists. And they're bad. Right. Um, I, so I think I, I lost my train of thought. I, I had something in my head that I was going to talk about. Cakes? And it just disappeared. So. It might come back. It might. It might. Um, it actually might come back because I'm actually really, really. Oh, it came back. I figured okay. it out. So there you go. Uh, thank you for, for filling in that little bit of space there. Ah. Um, this gets to one of the things that that I don't. That I'm that uh, uh, about my feelings about this particular season. Sure. Um, this is a season that uh, you know has our title character right the uh, the the name above the title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who is not in it very much. Right. Uh, he's the general, and and uh, there is a a feeling uh, by uh, the powers that be. That uh, in order to, uh, I don't know, keep keep uh, O'Neill involved or or whatever it is, it's hard to say for sure. Um, you know, the storylines uh, take place predominantly on Earth. Mm-hmm. Things, you know, they're not traveling a lot of places these days. And when they mm-hmm. do travel in this episode, for instance, uh, they go to the Alpha site, which... Right. Is just an extension of the SGC, um, and uh, you know when uh, you know last week when we had Affinity, we didn't leave the planet at all, right? Um, and and part of what I think is happening for me is that um, in an effort to keep O'Neill like he's part of the group, they they are they've gotten away from in this season. Uh, they're bread and butter. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they've gotten away from the, uh, the, the picture of, you know, going to other planets and taking the fight to the Gua Wuld and, and dealing with all of that stuff. Um, 
And, you know, that element of, especially the early eighth season, um, just kind of makes me feel like, I mean, not that they're bad stories, or that, I mean, you know, some of them aren't great stories, uh, but it's just sure. sort of, just sort of right here. Yeah. Just kind of sits right in this spot. <laughs> just kind of bobbing your head a little bit, you know, you, you know well, easy tunes. And, and that that is um <clears throat> you know, I don't know if I don't know if I'm seeing it yet, but that is that is a problem with television entertainment that doesn't know where it's going. And uh you know, isn't driving toward an end, a particular end. Uh it, it's that, you know, at some point they just kind of they just kind of lose steam, all of them. Right. And and then so what happens in television shows, we all know this, is that uh, the good ones uh, exist. Uh, they hit a zenith and then they slowly start to fall off of that zenith. And after some point, uh, the people that are working on the show and the producers and the execs and the network and the viewers all kind of end up in a general consensus that this should stop. And then there's the fans that are like, no, it should never stop. And there's an outcry and la, 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 la. But it still it still ends. And then typically they usually have enough uh, gas in the tank with an ending in sight to tell a pretty decent story that typically ends on a high note, generally. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have this moment where they are just like batting it out of the park, a kind of on average, long slide down because they're just running out of story. They set a deadline for themselves. There is a point where they're going to be done with this thing for realsies, and they run up to that point, and they have a decent ending, and it feels good, and it makes you want more, but that's the point, and off they go, right? Well, so one of the things that uh, is true about SG-1 is that uh, this is a series that had several um, endings. Right, they're, I think that speaks to my point. Right um, now, I will say, um, without going into any details, uh, I believe that the eighth season does drive to an end point. Yeah, right, and and we get there, um, but we were in that spot kind of before we get to there that we're kind of like uh, we're in the buildup. <laughs> so. To my to my point about like you know you got an end so you try to tell the good story that you land on a high note. SG one has had at least three of those seasons so far. Yep. Right. How much more gas in the tank do they have? Right. Like you can't you can't constantly be like without setting something up. So here we are. We're in the setup. We're in the setup phase again. Yeah. And you know it's and and you're exactly right. Uh, you know the setup phase right now is. There's a lot of Earth focus right now, which is fine, but that's not very escapist. Um, you know, I do feel, unfortunately, like I am watching a lot more of my actual, like, adult work life on the screen than I am about a fantastic fantasy uh, space adventure, which I don't have. Um, you know, even though I absolutely do love, like, philosophical thinkers, uh, I'm sorry, philosophical episodes that are ones that cause you to think like in that regard, like the thinkers. Right. Um, and I do like the geopolitical drama. I tire with the bureaucracy. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. That's not novel. Um, <clears throat> I deal with bureaucracy all the time. And so uh, here we have this episode is not necessarily bureaucratic per se, but it is. Um, I mean, it is slightly bureaucratic and maybe in like the Kafka sense where like there is this there is a power outside of the control of anybody on our screen that is influencing the lives of everybody on our screen in ways that are difficult to get your hands around and do something about. And it's being set up as a menace, as it should. The, the, you know, the trust at this point clearly is uh, a force to be reckoned with. But, like, it's a bummer. I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling like it's a bummer. And maybe it's because of how we're, we're watching this show, having watching an episode every two weeks. Like, it feels like it's really dragging on right now. Um, like, let's get to the point. Let's get to the spot where I'm feeling like things are moving. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're not there yet. So this episode is kind of a, hmm, all right, here it is. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what other people have to say about this one. Yeah. Too. Well, like, I suspect that there might be some insights here that might help frame some things up. And I agree. I think that we should move that direction in order to do yeah. that. We yeah. need to put our chevrons on the page. Yeah. So here it is. Yeah. Drum roll. Yeah. How many chevrons do I give it? Um, how many chevrons do I give it? Okay, all right. We'll we'll just do we'll we'll, we'll go with the with the original rule, which is I gives it what I gives it. Um, I'm not too keen on this one. Uh, I didn't find it particularly interesting. Um, the information that was conveyed, I'm like, okie dokie, fine. Uh, we got a bad guy, and it's called the trust. Whoop you do. It's a bunch of billionaires. Yeah, go figure. Um. You know, we got a we got a friend now who's another billionaire, okay, who makes uh, spacey stuff. All right, and uh, you know, there we go. Okie dokie, <laughs> three out of seven for me. That's about <laughs> all I can muster. Like, it's like, yeah, all right. I mean, was it bad? No, it wasn't bad. But would I watch this one again? No. If I saw it on television, I would probably actively skip it. <laughs> like, I'd be like, ah, no, I don't have time for this one. Yep. I'd rather wash dishes. So wow. yeah. Three wow. out of seven for me. <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, it's it's right in that spot. You you kind of just kind of it, it it's there. <laughs> it it's not horrible. No, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's it's not it's not bad. You know, they didn't fail at what they were trying to do. Right. Um, and it, you know, it was acted well, and it was shot well, and it, and yeah. it was you know, it moved along, but it didn't really give me anything. No. Um, so I'm trying to decide if I give it a three or a three and a half. There's probably things in here that get introduced that matter. Um, As David likes to say, you know, a half Chevron bump for reasons. So I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a so it's baseline a three. But yeah, I'm going to give it a half Chevron bump for reasons that I cannot tell you. Yes. Right. That makes sense. Like, that makes sense. I, I can imagine that after I watch eight, you know, season eight and maybe nine and ten or whatever, I might flip on the television and this episode is playing and I'd be like, oh, this is the one where we first see blah, whatever. Like, that would be fine, but I'm not there right now. Right now, I'm just like, whatever. Yep. Whatever this happened. Yep. All right. So okay. that's where I am at. There you go. All right. Three and a half. Let's see here. Let me head to the Facebooks. I've got uh I've got I've got the discords open here. You want me to go? Uh go ahead with the discords. All right. So uh first 
we've got uh we've got David who took up your um who took up your call, Zach, to oh. make a meme. Oh yeah. Dealing with ants and co- and a coven of ants. Yeah. A coven of ants. Well, there uh-huh. you go. So uh so go on the Discord on the predictions channel and you can see that. Really good. And then we have Jen. Hi Jen. Hi Jen. Jen says, "Ah, it's that that episode with the nanny guy and he's Really making a great impression of the rich, talented, and gone wacko engineer turned entrepreneur like the one that recently bought Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) They just presented him a tad more likable. Mm -hmm. Oh, he wants to uncover secret government operations. He says he has uh, he says he has proof. Let him bring it on. He's just going to embarrass himself anyway. Let's check his press conference. Elevator music playing. Wait Wait a sec. That's an Asgard. And like that, the story unfolds. I kind of like this episode, and that is solely to blame on Charles Shaughnessy. He gives a rather stereotypical character of Alec Coulson some dimension. He's also been given a bit of background and motives. I really wish that the writers could give the, quote, girl of the week, unquote, roles to the, the same kind of treatment. It would certainly make some of Daniel's encounters more memorable. As a side note, Coulson would also make a much better love interest for Sam. I thought the same thing, actually. At least they have some chemistry, unlike Sam and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good point. Yeah. <clears throat> the story had its weaknesses and tropes. The ending felt rushed and incomplete. Both of these things influenced my total enjoyment of the episode. Ratings-wise, Covenant is a four out of seven chevrons for me. For Brent and Zach, as of late, they have given SG-1 uh, lower ratings compared to Atlantis, so I'm going to give a three and a half out of seven from Zach. Ooh. And three chevrons from Brent. Jen got it! Good job, Jen. Well done. Well done. All right. And then we've got uh, we got Sean here. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. We've got... Uh, okay. Shaula ants are semi-humanoid magical ants native at Shaula Desert. They have their anthropomorphic features through their ability to walk upright with a pair of rear legs like humans while middle and front pairs acting... Is this actually... Oh, yeah, it is a rating. Okay, okay, I keep reading. (laughs) Uh, With a pair... uh, They have their anthropomorphic features through their ability to walk upright with a pair of rear legs like humans, while middle and front pairs act as arms. They also have large abdomen, abdomen and a head with glowing eyes and mouth with sharp mandibles. Whilst they sound like ghouled ants, which would actually be a fantastic nemesis, indeed, this episode indeed. features none of those. I'd give it a five chevron rating, though it is not a not highly memorable, but still important. Our visit to the Alpha site was pretty cool. We should uh, have had Alex saying, hey, it looks like the Pacific Northwest here or something. I know. I was thinking the same thing. All right. So <laughs> six from fun. Brent's. Nope. Too high. And five and a half from Zach. Indeed. A little too high. Yeah. Also yep. posted some pictures of these Shaula ants uh, that uh, he was speaking of. The above images created by Midjourney AI. Did he make that up? Did Sean make all this up? I, who knows? Who knows? Anyway. But you can go okay. check out the pictures on yes, Discord. Yes, go check out the pictures on Discord. Okay, so that was our predictions on Discord. Thank you very much. All right. Well, here we go to the Facebooks. Uh, we First, we have JD. We haven't Hi, JD. heard from JD in a while. Yeah. He starts with a GIF uh, saying, I'm back, baby. Hey, welcome back, JD. Yep. Uh, JD says, unless Z and B decide to dust off their tinfoil hats, I think this will be a middling episode for them. 
Yeah. Fours for both. Yeah, pretty close. Yep, yep, pretty close. Uh, and now we move to Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, some guy believes there's a giant international conspiracy to cover up aliens? I don't know. Sounds like a kook to me. <laughs> Why are we even listening to him? Oh, it's because he's an ultra-rich tech bro. Right. <laughs> O'Neill sends Carter and Jackson to deal with Elon. But all he has are some blurry pictures and an Asgard clone. Huh. Carter does damage control in a TV interview where she lies to America with a little help from an old friend. Hi, I'm Thor. I may look real, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> look, I could pass my hand right through it. Meanwhile, Elon's plane almost crashes, undoing all of Carter's hard work in the eyes of conspiracy theorists everywhere. Carter is upset. She apparently likes this guy because it's now her defining character trait to like unlikable men, <laughs> rather than having the writers put any effort into convincing the audience to like them. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd quite go that harsh, but I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I, I think I think that this is a, this is a hot take that is valid, though. I mean, hey, why not have a character that's actually like you know worth his salt come up and then we'd be like yeah that one sam go after that one and what yes. if she did you know that i would appreciate 100 percent on that like i don't know uh, jack anyway yeah uh they continue uh -huh. anyway carter thinks that instead of continuing to discredit elon they should bring him on board at the sgc show him the base and the other base that looks just like it on a planet far far away and give him a ride on a zippy spaceship. Uh, yep. Maybe if he's super impressed, the SGC can get some of that sweet Tesla tech or whatever. <laughs> when they get back, they find out that Elon's second-in-command has ratted him out to the SEC at the behest of the Trust, which is a plot arc I always forget about. Yeah. Elon's stock is tanking. Everything yeah. is terrible. Maybe the SGC can use Elon to bring down the Trust to be continued, I, I guess. Uh, maybe it's just that I'm tired, but this story felt underdeveloped and rushed. Yeah. It's all over the place and doesn't really earn its emotional moments. Yep. It might have worked better fleshed out into a two-parter, or maybe, maybe I'm just over-billionaire egomaniacs being rewarded with <laughs> attention and special treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Brett and Zach will have, will have had more sleep than me. So they will have a better time with the episode, but yeah. they will still only give it four chevrons each. Ah, close. This episode close. has an IMDb rating of 7.5, which is four chevrons, putting it in the bottom half of the episodes overall. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you fair. go. Um, let's see here. We have Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Adrian says, my mother-in-law, who only speaks Czech came across this video on YouTube and wanted to watch it. She didn't understand why it even existed, uh, but she enjoyed it. Okay. I'm trying to decide. I think he might be talking about uh, the promo video. Oh. Uh, anyway, maybe it was the episode. I don't know. Maybe the whole episode is on YouTube. It's possible. Possible. She didn't understand why it even existed, but she enjoyed it. I like this episode. It's the exciting introduction of the newest member of SG-1. I can't wait to see him go on adventures with our team and use his intellect to solve problems with Carter. Overall, this is a mostly enjoyable episode. Five from Zachary. Autocorrect keeps writing your full name. Okay. Yeah, okay. And also five from Bren Topher. Bren Autocorrect Topher. again. I'm sorry. 
I have never been called Brentofer ever. Well, there you go. It's happened now. It has now. Now, there you, now go. you can no nope. longer say it's never happened. That's true because it's happened. Nope, a little, little bit off, a little high, a little high on our enjoyment. A little record. high. Yep. All right, we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. This week's middle of the road episode is about Elon Musk. I mean, Alec Coulson, <laughs> a foreign-born billionaire who believes in freedom of speech. Yes. Couldn't think of much to say this week, so I'll just give you my notes. One, sure. that picture of Colson that O'Neill looked at early in the episode had yeah. some horrible Photoshop. Yes, it was. In, uh, I number two, so it was just a clone, not a real Asgard? That's odd. I've never seen an empty shell walk on its own before, but this one did. Yeah. Uh, number three, Carter's cell phone number seems to be as badly as a be as badly kept a secret as the existence of aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, this episode is just fine. I don't love it or hate it. I predict a four from both of you. Yeah, close. Yep, yep. Um, do, 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 do. There you go. Those are our Facebook Very good. Thanks, everybody. And now I turn to the emails, because I do know we have an email. Uh, by the way, Brent, uh, there is an email from Ed uh, ah, yes. that, that uh, you should read. Okay. Uh, it has nothing to do with this episode, so I'm not going to read it now. But it talks about last week's episode and and, and stuff. So okay, uh, take a look at that if you will. Uh, but for emails uh, today for Covenant, we start with Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Greetings. This episode tries to do too much and ends up doing nothing well enough to comment on. Ah. <laughs> yep. Maybe the best thing that can be said for this episode is that Alec Coulson tries to leverage his celebrity capitalist status to advocate for government accountability and ends up failing at both. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, There has to be a message in there somewhere. (laughs) Lydia Ann predicts that Brent will enjoy a rant and give it a three Chevron rating. Ooh, both happened. And Zach. Yeah. A three and a half Chevron rating. Good job. Two. Two and two. Two perfect. Congratulations, Lydia Ann. Awesome. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Um and now we have a prediction from David. Hi, David. David begins with a I promise this is a Chevron encoding bias buffer, and I can prove it. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe. Uh this, I- this one had the potential for greatness, uh-huh. but it fell short without a strong enough B-plot and stretched things out a bit much. I did like the callback to Prometheus. I did yeah. like the clever use of the Asgard to debunk Coulson. I did like the whole, I'm going to prove it story. Yeah. However, what really happened at the end of the, what really happened at the end of the story? Did the meta plot of SG-1 advance? Barely. Yeah. We got a smart guy and stashed him away doing research for us, and we learned of a threat from the trust. They messed up that one, though, by releasing this episode after Affinity instead Mm. of before it. Yeah. I'm sure everyone has informed you at this point that this episode was made before Affinity. Yeah. Well, if by everyone you mean me, then yes. (laughs) Hey, in this context, that's everyone. Okay. All right, fair enough. I I am officially everyone, everyone. In, in this in this in this very specific instance, Zach, yes you are. All right. Anyhow, good episode, some fun stuff, but a little too much filler. Yeah. Zach and Brent will both give this four chevrons for a nice middle of the road episode. 
pretty That's close. That's a little high. A little close. high, but pretty close. But high. Yep. Those are our predictions. Nice. Thank you, everybody. So, there you go. So, yeah. Brent, uh, yeah. the general consensus has been that, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. That's this episode. It, that, that's, that's where we're at. We're, we're at a, yeah. 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 Yep. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Well, Brent, mm-hmm. next week we are going to shift gears again to Atlantis. Yes. We're going to go to a galaxy far, far away, or at least a little bit far away. Pretty called far. the Pegasus Galaxy. I mean, yeah, there's much further galaxies, yes, acknowledged, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, but let me, let's be honest, every galaxy is far, far away. Uh, yeah. Uh, just especially some are farther the, away than others. You know, the like, rate that we can like, travel, like, Pluto's far, far away for as fast as we can go right now. Yeah, 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 you know, but I mean, you know, it's just like, it's it's like animal farm, you know, all the animals are equal, but just uh-huh. some are more equal than others. Some are more equal than others, that's exactly right. There you go. Anyway. The episode that we're going to watch next week for Atlantis is entitled Underground. Uh-huh. And I need to know what Underground is all about. All right. Underground. All right. Um, okay. Next time on Stargate Atlantis, the Atlantis friends are trying to come up with a con- an answer to a conundrum that has been facing them for days. This episode Ooh. is one of those episodes that takes place in flashback. We, fr- we currently see them in a very fatigued and, 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 and lethargic state. Everyone is slouching around everything, and everyone in the leadership is aware that this is a problem. Indeed, we do not know why everything is suddenly so lethargic and run down. This is a very big problem. Flashback. To six days ago. Everything was chipper and upbeat. Everything was fine. But when we opened up the wormhole to go travel to another place, something unusually came back. That doesn't happen, you see. The wormhole is a one-direction-only thing. How can this be? But no, it's true. Now, it wasn't necessarily something as a person or a thing like that. No, no, no. It was an energy reading that came back. What is this energy reading? We don't know. Fast forward. Everyone is still lethargic. It's getting worse. Everyone is not able to do their jobs. We can barely even take out the trash. Flashback. Something is starting to go wrong, you see. People are suddenly forgetting things, unsure as to whether or not they completed some task or not. It's getting a little bit peculiar. No reason for alarm. Flash forward. It's so much a cause for alarm. You should be very alarmed. Flashback. Things are starting to get a bit worse, you see. Things are starting to actually get, would you say, bad. See, the problem that they are trying to solve is revealed in the middle of the second act. Is that their coffee. Their coffee is no longer sufficient. Someone has not been grinding the beans properly. The beans have been underground. (laughs) How will they recover from this? Calamity! Calamity, I say! Join us next time on Stargate Atlantis while we discover the solution to the beans that are underground. See, the problem with underground beans is that you can't just, like, grind them more. No. I mean, once you have failed to grind them enough, you are just stuck with underground beans. Yes, yeah, because if you try to do that again, then you're going to overheat the parts. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's it's, it's no good, you know. 
And then you wouldn't get as much caffeine out of the beans, hence leading to lethargy. You see, that's where I was going with that. No, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I didn't know where you're going. But when you got there, I'm like, oh, that's Until where I got we went. There. I, yeah, there you see, it had um, nothing to do with the energy. It was that was a red herring. See, it was a red well, herring. Well, um, the episode might be about coffee. Okay, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, it might be about other things. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there's only one way to find out for sure. Yeah, and that's okay. to watch the promo. All right. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? I am ready to watch the promo. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Right. They call themselves the Jedi. They are simple people, but good farmers and fair traders. Hey, is that, uh... Are the Jedi a simple people Maybe. with little to offer in the fight against Maybe. the rape? We have always been able to achieve a reasonable bargain. Yes! Do you ask for what you <laughs> Or are they more than they appear to be? Wow. Uh-oh. Oh dear. Will the Jedi be allies or enemies? Interesting. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that we're looking for allies against the Wraith. How about you guys? We had hoped to test our first atomic weapon five years from now. Do we have that much time, Jim? It's all next time. No, you don't. Stargate Atlantis. Do we? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's underground. That not, was underground. Not the beans. Not the beans. Uh, so, thank you, David. Thank yes. Thank you very much for the promo. You, Appreciate it. Um, we will talk about underground next time. And uh, until then, feel free to send us your thoughts on whatever it is that you want to have thoughts about. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can also go to the Facebooks and the Discords. And, and if you want, go buy us a coffee. Go to the yeah. website, WTTS.space. Space. And hit that little coffee cup on the bottom corner. Yep, that's where you can go. Yep. With that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.